Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Game Talk Radio. I'm Greg. I'm Jen. And today is episode 25. A quarter of a century. And it's Memorial Day. Happy Memorial Day. Yeah. Well, I guess happy really isn't the word. But... Yeah, well, we hope everyone takes this time to remember their loved ones and, and of course, to the active servicemen and the veterans of past. And uh, if you have family members, you know, take some time. It's not just a three-day weekend for funsies and grilling out. You know, it's it's a time to uh, to remember those great people in our lives. So not to yes. start off all somber, but, you know, it's it's quite an important day and it, it actually means something. So it's nice to, you know, acknowledge that. And so we thank you guys for your service and and you know, we feel for anyone who's had to lose anyone to that service. So. Um, but we're just going to start it off. You know, let's, let's kick it off right away. So a couple months ago, we talked about Netflix had gotten the rights to a Castlevania series. Oh, yeah. Now, you and I have been going back and forth in this because we feel like we talked. A, we, I know we talked about it, but we <laughs> you, you seem to be under the impression that you already knew yeah. it was going to be animated. So when you told me, hey, it's going to be animated, I'm like, I know. I kind of looked at me like <laughs> I was crazy, like, duh. And... Uh, but you think that we were just chit-chatting about it. We'll have to review the videotape. I think we said our preference would be animated. Yes. But anyway, it's officially out. There's a trailer. I should say the series isn't out. The it's trailer is officially out. It's a teaser trailer. It's a anything. teaser, but at least it has substance. A lot of teasers will just show like a nameplate and then move on. Well, it So this one does out, show some of the animation. It starts off kind of hokey if you watch it. Yeah, it started off really hokey. With, like, someone blowing in a Castlevania cartridge, putting it into an NES, and then on the TV it popped up, like, an NES game, but it said Netflix, and you yes. could choose, like, House of Cards, something else, and Castlevania, and then they clicked on Castlevania, and it loaded into... And I don't know, it did... I understand what they were going for. For someone who's a big game dork like me, it was a miss. It just, like, it didn't look... It didn't provide you with the right kind of nostalgia. They should have just... It should have been... Because you put in the cartridge, it plays that show like it shouldn't right you don't put it, in a cartridge and pick it should have been an it's not a dvd it should have been a netflix <laughs> cartridge i right. mean that would have made more sense why it loaded a yes. netflix screen and then you could pick different shows and everything i just think it was a miss and they slap dashed it together and sadly i think that the people who would watch a castlevania anime are gonna be the people who would notice that yes like us they missed <laughs> yeah that was a swing and a miss on their part but so it starts off a little hokey with this, like, real-life intro of someone blowing in a car, just putting it in. But hold on for, like, a good... I think it's the whole intro part is, like, 30 seconds until it gets to the actually good stuff. Yeah, so you get past all the junk, and then it's it's an anime, and it looks really legit. It, it looks look um, really cool. It looks very well done, and it's it looks got, awesome. It's got, like, almost that old-school anime or, like, epic anime feel to it. Yeah, which is really funny because I watched the the last season of Berserk... I haven't watched the current one that's kind of airing in Japan now. And that, for a series that's as big as that, they went as cheap as humanly possible. <laughs> they use, like, this half CGI animation. It's like, it's like I don't even know how to describe it. It looks like PS1 graphics and animation. It's so hokey sometimes. <laughs> it looks really, really bad. And that's a huge franchise. So, thankfully, with these guys, they hired whatever company to do it well. It almost kind of looks like Cowboy Bebop to a certain extent. <laughs> excuse me <laughs> just sneeze sorry i was trying to like be quiet too and i just blasted it i should have like paused and waited for you to sneeze and then i was waiting for you to out. talk so that i could be quiet so that it would, i wouldn't you wouldn't hear my sneeze and then it, i just blast i put it on full blast it didn't work it didn't work greg dang it it almost feels like cowboy bebop but it's more sepia toned i mean it feels like it should for a castlevania series it, yeah it looks it looks reminiscent of 80 uh, oh, let's say 90s and early 2000s anime before they started getting changing styles and color schemes and stuff it looks really good it's definitely not you know like sailor moon right and it <laughs> looks <Pokemon>. like <clears throat> it looks like they're doing i just like, wonder who the studio is yeah they're doing but it looks like they're doing well it looks like they're going for this kind of almost a nostalgic kind of anime feel with a game that's based on a nostalgic series storyline we don't know who the main character is yet but it sounds like it's going to be simon belmont because they talked about how he's the one who killed dracula and there's something else going on and there's a story to it um but it also looked like there was a woman character who looked kind of like a caster and there was a female character i'm forgetting her name all of a sudden in castlevania 3 barbie mm, doesn't matter it was like salt Babs? Cilia or something like that? Babs. It doesn't matter. It was Babs. It was Babs. Okay. So her name was Babs. <laughs> uh, but this looks really good. So hopefully that's, you know, a lot of the times 
I think something like this was perfect for it. If they tried to do something live action, it probably would have been really stupid. It would have been really hokey, and they would have spent more money on things they didn't need to, like... Well, not that they wouldn't need to spend... They would have spent a lot more money on CG and special effects and with an anime. And that's why I wasn't surprised if we didn't know, but I have a feeling we knew (laughs) that it was going to be animated. I felt that that was a good choice because you have a lot more freedom when it comes to special effects. And it's not like, you know, the first season of the Doctor Who reboot. Well, even later seasons where the special effects are just not great right. and you're just like oh that looks that looks real fake yeah even even firefly we were watching yesterday we were watching and there's a few parts in there where you just kind of cringe a little bit at the cg but again it's low budget so you accept it especially if it's a good show and good writing but it still makes you feel a little disappointed and so i'm glad that it went the animated route i think it's perfect for this type of you know for this mater- source material it's a good choice yeah i'm very happy with that and I mean, if Netflix it gets more into the anime market, I mean they've already pushed some of their own series as well on Netflix. So yeah, if they we become were... a you know. Were we a talking big about name. one last week? Yes, it was. Um, oh, I don't remember. It was a side comment because it wasn't actually yeah. something. I was at, on an article and clicked to see another article, and it was actually a movie based on a series that they had already done. Nice. All right. Cool. Speaking of series, mm-hmm. uh, so some of you that are familiar with Far Cry know that it's a first-person shooter, and I found this nice little snippet on Wikipedia that I'll read for you. The Far Cry franchise has been known for putting players in exotic open-world environments, such as... Micronesia. Oh, that's pretty exotic. Mm-hmm. The Himalayas. Very Ooh. exotic. Africa. Also exotic. And Central Europe. But uh, we just... I don't know if I would use exotic to describe Central Europe, but okay. Well, you exotic know, Exotic to us, I suppose, Exotic to the American market, even though it's a German creation. Didn't the Germans create Far Cry? And Ubisoft is a French company. Is it? Yeah, well, that's the publisher, though. Ubisoft. Like, the, actual, the actual company, that, like the actual studio that's working on it, I don't recall which studio it is, so it could be any number of their studios. But So anyway. Uh, so they announced Far Cry 5. They announced Far Cry 5, and with that announcement, had some artwork as a promotional. So, obviously, I already know. But for the listeners, for the what listeners. exotic location did they pick for <laughs> Far Cry 5? It's the exotic location of Montana. Montana, US. USA. <laughs> Quite literally one of the most boring states in the whole world, probably. So it looks like, well, not, I mean, yes. Because, <laughs> Sorry to anyone in Montana. No, just, no, it just looks I mean, it's, it's a hub. I mean, there's a, it's, it's well known, but not well known for, for great things. I mean, they're known for football, like college football mm-hmm, and everything. Football. But they're also one of the biggest like uh their campuses and everything it's it's well known or infamous for sexual assault oh i read a book that this was is about... getting worse i thought you were gonna have i thought you were actually gonna go for some redeeming qualities of montana Ew. and you well, totally they have just driven montana down Moose, even worse Moose beer <laughs> is really nice moostrol um but there's a book that i read <clears throat> earlier this year that was about Missoula, and I cannot remember the the name. Oh, it's something like rape and justice in a college town, and it's th- like all these case studies or or um, stories about how the you know Missoula, Montana is a typical college town. It has a state university that's well renowned for football, and these football guys can essentially get away with everything okay including rape they, they talk about that like in uh in like texas high schools and same sort of thing oh, like sure. it's so big there and it's such a big focus so normally i would say well that's kind of getting off topic let's wrap it back around but the actual so the story of far cry 5 is that you're going to be the the antagonist of the series is going to be a militant christian cult <laughs> So it looks like, I mean, the the video that they released, it shows a guy almost like a, it's, it's basically a mockery of the Last Supper painting. Yes, it's, um, so you've got the antagonist as like the Jesus focal point. With and this then... American flag, instead of stars, it's got their symbol, which is like this kind of cross with spikes on it. 
Mm -hmm. Um, That's like the symbol for the cult or whatever. And, you know, you've got like there they have guns, they have moonshine. There's a dog that looks like he's got a cross made out of blood on his forehead. Yeah, that's what it looks like. Or it could be a wolf. There's the damsel, whoever that is, and some guy's stabbing a steak. Yeah, I... Uh, Compound bow. I got one of those. And then in front, there's someone kneeling down. It's, it, the word sinner is carved into his back. It's very... It's it, it's it's pretty bad. I mean, not bad in like a... It's it's very well done, but it makes me really uncomfortable to yeah, watch it. Which is by design, which I guess is, is impressive. Um, I look at this and I say, we've really made a jump, haven't we? And, and there's yeah. there's got to be some sort of like cultural appreciation for the fact that we've gone a game series has gone now actually maybe you can look that up while i'm rambling on about this Mm -hmm. nonsense but find out which studio is making this one and where it's from sure because can you now i'm pretty sure it's going to be a european studio working on this one so if that's the case (laughs) this is something that's viewed outside the u.s as something that is to them an exotic location that's trying to you know they're basically taking something they know exists and they're blowing it out of proportion okay it's developed by ubisoft montreal montreal of all places okay so canada our neighbors oh. to the north oh our northern friends why have you done this to oh. us but but all joking aside okay far cry 3 was a really really good game 4 i think was just more of the same so it was a little of a letdown to a lot of people five will probably be an amazing game but i don't really care about how good the game's gonna be at this point I just I can't get over the fact that this this exotic location as antagonist for this game are fringe right wing Christian nut jobs. Now, to be clear, I am not saying all Christians are nut jobs and that all people who are conservative and on the right wing well, are nut jobs. I'm saying this it, is about fringe crazy crazy people. It's essentially it's like a, a doomsday cult. Yeah, I'm exactly. It's like a heaven's gate or something but, but like that. But then they that. threw in like this almost sort of Texas Chainsaw Massacre sort of vibe where that you know they've got like this sense of family and and this really weird kind of I don't want to say hillbilly thing almost like Resident Evil Seven like the Baker's sign almost kind of like that except then you've got the religious undertones which all those other games typically stay away from because you have to assume that this game and its theme is going to really turn a lot of people away well but you've got to think about it from the perspective of the fact that the other far cry games took liberties with other areas as well and so when we think of certain areas based on what we know from playing video games we have this preconceived notion of what those people are like and unfortunately i'm not saying that every person outside of the u.s thinks that this is what Americans are like, but I wouldn't be surprised to know that a lot of them think we're a bunch of weirdos. Yeah, a lot of yeah. <laughs> I think there is starting more and more too to to be like a theme around the world that this is. Be, it's like a spotlight focused on it. Sure, you know, and it's no surprise. And again, you know, I don't get super political on here obvi- for obvious reasons, but like it's no surprise because there's been an uprising. Um, ever since like the, I mean, technically the eighties, but really like the early two thousands, there was like this new group, quote unquote, that people found to be voters. And one of those was like what they call the, you know, people in the Bible belt, which is like Southern United States, uh, Southeastern, you know, South central United States. And so this is like theming after something like that. But the fact that it's gotten so big that other countries draw inspiration from that to create essentially what is, uh, like a fantasy world, but, you know, dug in from reality out of something that we see all the time here. Mm-hmm. It's it's a little unsettling to me, but not necessarily in a bad way. It's quite interesting to me because we have a, we have kind of an issue here with, with people who call themselves like sovereign citizens. So they're people who like they, they don't believe that the police are allowed to do anything. They're free men of the land. They can do whatever they want. It's oh. their property, you know, and they, they don't believe that their laws, you know, some, some go as far as to believe that they never joined into the contract to get a social security number. So they're not a citizen. So they're not a taxpayer. They don't like, oh, it's, it's really, yeah, it's, it's like this, some um, free, they're called freemen sometimes. And they're this idea that they live off the land. And if, if they own the land, then they don't have to pay taxes and that the government can't do anything to them. They can do whatever they want on their land, which obviously isn't true. We're a civilized nation of laws. Oh, you have to follow these laws. So. Here's something funny. Like the premise 
takes place in a fictional county in Montana, and the name of the preacher's congregation is called Eden's Gate. Mm. And they actually well, say it's definitely, a, yeah. a militaristic doomsday cult. Now, for those of you who don't know about doomsday cults, you know, it's the whole idea of the apocalypse and, and uh, the fact that the world's going to end and... I mean, there's like we been all got to drink lots... the Kool-Aid at the same time so that we can all get on the ship because it's about to leave or whatever. <laughs> but a lot of examples of doomsday cults are usually very extreme fanatical Christianity, the second coming of Jesus, uh, the idea of the Antichrist, rapture, mm-hmm. all of those ideas kind of roll into this this cult. Um, there are some also that are in Islam as well. They have Islam doomsday cults. Sure, sure. But I don't um, think it's specific to any specific religion, I suppose. I mean, it's just no. their idea that someone's going to take their own interpretation of events and say, the Lord would want me to put my life into my own hands, so I'm going to go to him and to do that, you know, to get twisted. Right. I mean, you could probably find them in just about any area or country because I don't think they're really anything new. Mm-hmm. I think for every generation of people there's there's that idea that's persisting um but you know they they've spoofed it on the simpsons when yeah. they, they joined that it, cult it just, yeah it just feels like it's getting bigger and b- like big enough to be a central theme of a game that's based off of because the idea of far cry the last uh, far cry three and four anyway the central idea was that there's some you know dictator and you have to overthrow their government and get out alive. Now, does it say, if I remember correctly, or if I read correctly, is it true that the the protagonist is a, is a woman as well? Oh, let me check. I believe that's true. And that also, so that also brings into this other play of... It no? says the players can customize the character's appearance, gender, and skin tone. Oh, well, that's okay. So that's kind of a first, I think, for the series. But that's awesome. Because I was going to say, if it was a female-only character, that would bring in the, the you know, a lot of people feel like right-wing... Um, crazy right-wing fanatics like this in the game. Mm-hmm. Not all right-wing fanatics. I feel like I have to keep saying that because I don't want someone to pick this up and be like, wait a minute, you don't like people go to church? Absolutely not. I'm not knocking that at all. No, it's just like with any sort of religion or any sort of organization, there are going to be people that are going to take it too far right. and take things or interpret things in a way that it's not meant to be interpreted. Quite literally the term fanatic. Yes. My problem or my worry then would have been since a lot of people would view fin- uh, those fanatics as having issues with women's rights and being much more traditional when it comes to things like marriage and essentially ownership, including ownership over people, that sort of thing I could have seen being a real issue, like a sensitive subject for people. But since it's your story to tell, imagine how different that would be if you played that game and you made a female character mm-hmm. and I made that ga- I played that game and I made a male character. Oh. Like, like it's it's a weird perspective shift. I think based off of the source material. I wonder if the the game is smart enough to have like different dialogue or different. You know I what hope I mean? So, like, that if, would be really depending neat. on the gender that you choose. Well, and imagine if they acted differently to you, or they said things like like the guys would say nasty things to you if you right. were a woman, or maybe if you're a guy, they'll use. And I don't. And I'm not saying this is in the game. I don't know. But what if the guys would use? towards another guy they'd use like homophobic slurs and sure. stuff like that you yeah know, something like that like, like that that would be something that be those are the sort of things i'm wondering about if they're how far they're going to take this theme because you could take this idea and you could take it really far like there's certain movies out there like there's a movie called red state which is a kevin smith movie um i think it's awful a lot of, <laughs> um i think it's one of the worst movies i've ever seen but i've talked to people that actually like it and it's basically kind of the same thing like this right-wing religious cult ends up getting in like this big shootout with police and they kidnap a few people in this compound that they're on so i wonder how far a game will take some of those themes like i said the the homophobia and some of the you know god says this can't happen so we enforce Mm -hmm. this like how far are they going to push it well it depends on the type of research that they did i mean i think if you're going to be doing a game of this of this quality and this caliber that you would do your due diligence when it comes to, 
you know, how do these people act around people who aren't one of their own? How do they act when they're, they're threatened? I mean, all of that adds to the realism of the game. So if they wanted to create a very realistic, very well-received, you know what I mean? Right. Like, they, they get positive feedback even though the material is very negative. I mean, if I were doing that kind of game, I would do that kind of research. So I yeah. would hope that a big development company like ubisoft would do that kind of i know they're going to do their homework i mean mm-hmm. i know they're going to do the research i i'm just wondering how many meetings they were in and said oh you can't do that oh yeah you got oh, to scale that back well, or I you got to pull that back what is it rated uh, uh it's definitely rated m for mature no question doesn't even say yeah it will it's probably not rated yet because it hasn't gone through esrb rating yet but it's absolutely 100 percent rated uh rated m so i mean they have a lot more liberties when it's oh yeah when it's that there, there's even a scene i think it's it's far cry 3 one of the endings like it ends with essentially what's a sex scene mm. so like there's Yikes. like the head of this tribe or whatever and like the camera views from i'm like trying to say this like really pg for everybody listening but like the <laughs> camera view is you on the is is the camera view on the bottom and you're looking up okay and the woman's on top of you and she's topless and it's simulating that whole thing so i mean they, they've definitely pushed the envelope of of what you can do in a game you know, like what you can put in before sure. you get out of the mature rating and into the uh, X rating. Which do they have games like that? They, they have what they call AO, which is adult only. Okay. But if a game's going to get an adult only, they'll actually edit stuff out of it because adult only games aren't carried in stores like Walmart, Target, Best Buy, or GameStop. So uh. if you get an adult only rating, it's like the nail in the coffin for your game. But I'm not saying that someday somebody won't do that. Because well, you could be like the first AO game if you could just do it digitally. But you, if you can't get it on into people's hands, how are you going to sell it? Like on your website, I guess. But maybe Sony may not even certify it. So you may not sure. even be able to release an AO game technically on the PS4. I have, so if they, don't, if they don't sell it in like Best Buy, Target, Walmart, those places, GameStop, where do they sell it? Well, that's exactly it. You, oh. you really can't sell it unless you create your own distribution chain. So... You don't sell it, and then the game doesn't sell, so it wasn't worth even releasing it. So what they'll do is they'll pull the game back. They'll look at what the what the ESRB rating board says for why it got an adult only, mm-hmm. and they'll edit that stuff or take it out. So it's a lot like movie licensing, or not m- licensing, movie ratings. Right, like like um when you watch the commentary for Orgasmo, they talk about how that, that movie got an NC-17 rating. And they were really mad about it because there's nothing in that movie to make it NC-17. In fact, most of the nudity is covered up. So it's really, really strange. And they talk about how that it couldn't be shown in most theaters at NC-17. So Orgasmo had no chance whatsoever of making it in the theaters because it was really limited release. And then it found a cult following when it released on VHS. Sure. It looks like the last game that was rated AO, at least according to this Wikipedia. Wait, let me guess. Was it... uh... Well, no, go ahead and tell me. Okay. Was it San Andreas? No. Grand Theft Auto? Okay. Uh, No, but that was 2004. Yeah. Because, really? Well, here's what happened. So they... Oh, it says... Oh, okay. They, they made the game. It got a mature rating. Then the PC version came out a few months later. Somebody was modding and dinking around in the files on the PC because they were looking around for hidden stuff in the game. Mm-hmm. And they found essentially what was a sex mini game called Hot Coffee. Yeah. Right? That's what it says. So... <laughs> You cannot access it through the game. It was basically laziness on the developer's part. Sure. Because what they did was when they had to pull that out to go back down to mature rating. They commented it out. They put a wall up. Yep. (laughs) They put a wall up. They didn't take it out of the game. Oh, man. On console, without even even with cheat devices at the time, there was no way to access it. On PC, they found out ways to access it. The problem then was technically the files and the games that were in stores that were labeled as mature, once all that stuff came out the PC version, ESRB re-rated it as adult only. Oh. Once it got re-rated as adult only, GameStop recalled all of its copies and sent them back. Every game had to get recalled and sent back. So there are actually copies still out there. In fact, there's a lot of them because they sold really well. But it's an interesting piece of a game getting out, them finding something in the game later, changing it, and the retailers responding to that. Mm. So there's actually a way you can tell if it's like black label and it's got a barcode on the back, then it's like the original print. Otherwise, if it's red label or if it's a black label where it oh. says part of a set, then it's not. Hmm. So you can actually find the copies that are still. But honestly, there's millions of them out there. So it's not ever going to be like rare and hard to find. 
But anyway, so what is the uh, what is the last AO game? It was in 2015. It was Eden Eden Star. Is that Plus a, is that Mosaic? like a is that like a Steam game like one of those graphic novels? It was published by Manga Gamer. Yeah, it sounds like visual novel. So it's okay. just basically a bunch of naked pictures and then talking and So then text. other than that there was a game called Hatred. Okay, I don't know Which was that a Steam game. Wait, that looks oh, like. that got adult only? Yeah. I think Hatred's the one where it got a bunch of flack, didn't it? Because it was it was basically you going around being able to kill anybody you want to and like really brutally murder people. Let's see. It says it's an isometric shoot 'em up developed and published by Destru- Destructive Creations that was released June 1st, 2015 on Windows. The player character is a mythanthropic mass-killing sociopath who begins a genocide crusade to kill as many human beings as possible. That's right. Yeah. Wow. Uh <laughs> I don't think the game's very good, but the well, there's no like no screenshots or anything like that. Um, otherwise, there's F, a fairy fairy tale of the two. So I mean, it looks like the ESRB content descriptors is like nudity, strong language, yeah. strong sexual content, blood and gore, so on and so forth. Manhunt two, the uncut oh. version in back in '09. Boy, Rockstar, you sassy boys. They're, they're always pushing the limits, that's for sure. So, <laughs> Hatred is on Steam. It's $9. And it's recent, is very positive, and its overall is mostly positive. Out of 3,600 v- reviews, it's mostly positive. Yeah, it says it focuses on a main character who indiscriminately murders every person he encounters. Yeah, this is, this is the about the game on Steam. <laughs> Hatred fills your whole body. <laughs> You're sick and tired of humanity's worthless existence. The only thing that matters is your gun and the pure Armageddon that you want to unleash. That's the first paragraph of the description of that game. Huh. Yeah, I'm totally got to play that uh, later. <laughs> um, but okay, so yeah, the adult the adult only rating is kind of a death knell. So obviously it'll never come out with that because it just won't be able to. But I'm wondering how hard they'll be able to push that limit because that's very cool. But again, it was more about the themes. I would just, I guess, to me, it's weird because it's close to home, and I grew up in a small town of like 500 people. Where the church, like, just so all the listeners know, like, I'm not a religious person anymore. Um, I don't have a problem with people that that, uh, are religious. I just personally choose not to be. And I grew up in a small town that was very religious. In fact, it didn't have a community center. It didn't have things like that. It had a church. Mm -hmm. Everything that was organized by the town was at the church. Even fundraisers sometimes for the school, we were allowed to do stuff at the church, even though that would totally be something you're not supposed to be able to do. And, which was okay. And, And so... It's just it's it hits kind of close to home for me, I guess, and it, so it's a little it's it's unsettling, but I want to play it more because of that. It's not turning me off to the game. It's just unsettling in I guess a positive way if there's such a thing. Well, right. I mean, I think you can say that about any game that's come out that takes place in the U.S. It's it's all a it's all caricature. It's all meant to be fantasy. It's not technically based on any one particular thing it's an amalgamation of several different things it's taking all the worst bits and rolling them up into one character and i mean he the main antagonist is probably going to be a guy that you so loathe but it's like the guy you love to hate so he's probably going to be really funny and pretty charismatic yeah very charismatic how else would he have all of these people following him so you're probably going to at some point playing this game going and say something like, oh, okay, that's what he's saying to right. get all of these people. That's going to make a lot of sense to these people. It may not make sense to you as the average person, but how else do all of these you know, cult leaders create right, this right. group of people? I mean, even someone like uh, Charles Manson, people who knew him, thought he was a very charismatic very good looking very funny guy mm-hmm. he just you know kind of kind of like me well you're not a sociopath well not that you know of <laughs> <laughs> oh that's not funny <laughs> all right so moving on that was heavy that was a lot heavier than i thought it would be but that yeah. was that was a pretty serious talk that that was what i was thinking when i saw it uh-huh. you know that's why i mean obviously the big news was hey a new far cry game woo and then i looked at it and thought wow I think they also probably felt like, well, we've kind of done Europe already, so let's let's pick on a different place. Maybe. 
I mean, you could probably... It's kind of the flavor of the month, though. <laughs> like, with everything, I mean, ar- argue what you want about our political climate, but overseas, there's a lot of hatred for, you know, people in our political system and, you know, not just in Europe, but, I mean, other places. Like, there's a lot of... I don't think it's just... I think they... They, meaning other people outside of the U.S., are more against what's happening right now in the climate of the world, which is extremism. Very true. Very, very good point. So it's just a take on that extremism. It's like like an over-exaggeration of extremism in our country. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you on that. So... So so on a lighter note, mm -hmm. and a make Greg very happy note... So Capcom just announced that Monster Hunter... You, you called it Double Cross? Double Cross. It's, it's 20 or XX. It's XX, which they're not up to 20 Monster Hunters yet, thankfully. <laughs> well, they might be in Japan, actually, if which you count all the Xbox ones. was originally released on the 3DS as an expanded version of another game, is actually going to be also coming to the Nintendo Switch. Right, so this is really hard to keep track of, so, so stay with me on this one. Monster Hunter Cross, which is the not Double Cross that came out in 3DS a few months ago, but regular Cross came out last year. We got that game as Monster Hunter Generations. Okay. Then this year, I don't even know where to begin with this. Normally the way Monster Hunter works is in Japan they do one almost every single year. And they usually give us every other one. So what they like to do is they like to make a game like Monster Hunter, Monster Hunter Cross. Then they make a new version of it with added monsters and a few other little things. And then they call it like Double Cross. Or what they used to do is they used to call it Monster Hunter and then Monster Hunter G. And G was like they're almost like a director's cut, you can think of it. Mm. So it's the same game. They just add some more stuff to it. Well, in the States, they weren't bringing out every version because they, I, I guess maybe they thought we wouldn't buy everyone. Like they knew in Japan the market was big enough where they could get away with it. Here they would only bring out every other one. So what I'm nervous about, first of all, they haven't even announced this for the U.S. yet. All they've said is it's that Double Cross is coming to the Switch in Japan on August something. Mm-hmm. But if this this is technically the X or G version of Monster Hunter Generations, which we already got. So if they follow their typical pattern, we won't get this game. So I, yeah, which is which would be very, very sad. But I'm very excited to get this game. And I want to, if by some chance they don't bring this out over here, I'll just import it. The Switch is region free. What? So Will I it can be still in play. English? No, but a lot of the same, a lot of the pictures are the same. So like when you're playing the game, you'll be able to figure it out. Like I've played enough Monster Hunter to be able to get through. And, and I've technically already played this game. I played Generations, which is like Monster Hunter Cross. So I've already got a basis for what to do and where to go in the game to do different things. So I really hope I don't have to do that. I just want them to bring it to the States. The one plus thing is that normally when we do get a game here that's already a Monster Hunter game that's been released somewhere else, we get it around six to eight months after release. Coming out in August, that'll be about six to eight months after the release of the original cross for the 3DS. So we might get lucky, and since they're putting on a new platform, on the putting on the Switch, we might get lucky, and they might have already been translating it over here. And if they've already been working on translating it over here, they might just bring it finally. So I'm very, very excited. Uh, Monster Hunter is a great time. I used to stream it with uh, Austin, Jared, and Josh. And we just haven't been able to uh, the last couple. But um, last time I uh, was playing it with my brother Joe and Mike, and we've got our team in place. And uh, Jordan from Drop Rate will probably be like our fourth, mm-hmm. and we're just going to tear that game up. I'm very, nice. very, very, very excited for that. So, so yeah, that's it. And Monster Hunter gets very confusing because in Japan it's got a really big following, and it's been taking a long time to get a following here, but it's really been everyone that comes out just draws a few more people in. And so it's definitely a great game i just don't like playing it on a handheld i was i played monster hunter generations and i just really struggled with my hands cramping up all the time and like i just want to play monster hunter with a controller on my tv mm-hmm. if i get the switch version i finally can do that again and it's really easy to stream you know i can hook that up to my pc and i can do live streaming and i can do recorded videos that's all the sort of stuff that like i've been missing out on monster hunter because monster hunter hasn't been on a home console since the wii u version of 3g which was if i had to guess i'm just gonna say i don't know five years ago or something like that so it's it's gonna be the first one that's on a tv that i can play with a regular controller well in in a long time the theory is that with monster hunter coming to the switch the switch is kind of like a combination between a console and a handheld so that's probably the perfect market for anybody that has ever had an interest in it 
because you get the handheld aspect because it's a switch and it's portable. Right. Plus you get the hook up to the TV. And they and they're doing what they did with Monster Hunter 3G when or when Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate is what it was called. When Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate came out here, it was for the 3DS and for the Wii U. So that was kind of weird. It launched dually on both, but you could actually download an app that would let you transfer your saves back and forth. Hmm. And you could play wirelessly with four people in the same room. Dang. Two people with a Wii U, and, or one person with a Wii U and three people with 3DSs could all play together. Wow. So it's actually kind of neat. They've announced that that's going to be in this version too. Hmm. Someone with a 3DS can play with someone on a Switch. That's and cool. It, I think that's very cool. So there's some really neat things. And since the Switch is so young here in the States, like it is in Japan, but like it's so young, my thought would be you want to bring out all your best games right away to the Switch. Mm-hmm. So this should be a game that's being translated. I'm hoping at E3 or before E3, Nintendo will do like Nintendo of America will say, hey, it's coming out here. It's most likely like if I'm putting on my my actual what I know about Nintendo hat, it's going to be probably next February okay. that we'll get it. But in my dreams, I'm hoping to get it the same time in August or maybe even in September or October. You know, now that I'm thinking about it, I mean, we saw a lot of advertisements for the Switch and so on. But surprisingly, now that I'm thinking back on our time in Japan, I don't think I ever saw anybody playing a Switch. There was nobody who had a Switch on the trains. No. That's for sure. It was, it was, everybody had 3DSs or DS lights. Or they were or their playing phones. in their phone. Yeah. Most of, the, I think I, I think I would say 90% of the people we saw on the train that, that was doing something was, were playing on their phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds about right. I think I only saw one guy playing on a handheld. Yeah, it wasn't very many. And even Ashley, who had her street pass thing going, mm-hmm. she didn't get as many as you'd think you would be for the hundreds of thousands of people we walked by on like a daily basis True. there. All right. Well, speaking of video games. <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was a good transition there. No, it wasn't. So this is actually, we get to end the show on a sad, stupid, annoying note. Mm-hmm. Because, well, I shouldn't say sad, like in the in the gist of things it's not really that big of a deal in, in the gist of life but in in our video game lives yes and our video game lives is very sad so you know how uh you know square enix was working with cyber connect 2 to develop a final fantasy 7 remake greg well, well what's funny is i didn't know who they were working with but i knew yes that they were doing a final fantasy 7 remake we a couple years ago at e3 it was unbelievable for the PS4. I was, I was sitting there with a few people because it's like a tradition where we always watch the Sony press conference at the store after um, after we... It's like right at we close is when it goes live. So we were watching it and it was... They announced just three heavy hitters. They announced Last Guardian was coming out. And that was one of those games that had been kind of been in limbo for like six years. that's Or ten years. That's, been com- that's coming out. Then they announced they're doing a Kickstarter for Shenmue 3, which Shenmue people have been asking for a new Shenmue game since the Dreamcast. And then finally, they're like, oh, and we're remaking Final Fantasy VII. So By the way. three of these just heavy hitters. It was like one after another. And as a Sony fan, you're sitting there like, oh, my God, it could not get any better than this. <laughs> so anyway, that was a couple years ago now. So we've just been waiting. There was rumors for a while that even as, as early as last January, like a year before last January, mm-hmm. it was going to be like, oh, the first episode's coming out. Because one of the things they've decided to do since this game is such a big project is they want to release it episodically. So they're going to take the whole Final Fantasy VII game, the whole 100, 200 hours of it, and they're going to break it up into chunks mm-hmm. and sell it like, you know, maybe you buy a season pass for 60 bucks and you download every part when it comes out, or you buy a disc with part one, you download the rest, however they want to distribute it. The idea, though, is that we'll get the game eventually. <laughs> and right. we thought as early as starting last year even. That's what they'd kind of hinted at. So back, like you said, back in 2015... That was 2015. Um, Cyber that was two Enix, years ago. Okay. or Square Enix, was talking about uh, working with CyberConnect 2, which is known for Naruto and Dot Hack. So I don't know what Naruto games they did, but the Dot Hack games are are well received from the fans. Mm-hmm. I personally think they're not very good. <laughs> there are a lot of people that like them though, and the fourth one in the series we recently had in the store, and it was 160 bucks. Dang. Like the game's crazy rare, yeah. Well, during a Final Fantasy stream, a Square Enix developer by the name of Naoki Hamaguchi uh, said that uh, I've taken over the development side of the Final Fantasy VII remake. 
Quote, up until now, development has progressed by receiving external collaboration, but from here on out with production and quality in mind, we're shifting to our in-house organization. The, this company decision was made wanting to control quality as well as keeping the schedule stable. So there's a lot of interesting things going on there. Yeah. A little sensitive of a subject for him, I think. One one thing is that clearly the game's not going how they want it to be. Nope. Hands down, that's just, that, you read between the lines straight up, development's not going how they want it. Mm -hmm. So that sucks. because. Yes. Um, but I have to tell you, I did not know that this was being outsourced. And now I get almost offended at the thought that it is. I guess now it's good because it's coming back home. Mm -hmm. But seriously, what were they thinking? This is like the biggest project they've worked on in how many years? And they're just like, well, you guys made some successful RPGs on the PS2. On the PS2. Okay. So 12 years ago, you guys were successful. So here you go. Here's the reins to our biggest <laughs> our biggest remake and our most expensive game we ever made. Well, you can make some allusions or some um, connections to... Maybe they want to avoid what happened with Mass Effect Andromeda. And here you go, tiny little Bioware that hasn't really done a big AAA development game. Take our one of our bigger franchises and build this new game. Here you go. Right. And it wasn't until it was actually too late that they're like, oh, crap. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. It's funny the angle that a lot of people are taking now. Because there was a time where they all did everything internally. They start to grow. And then when they're growing, they decide, okay, well, now that we're getting too big, we can't make five games at once. We'll make the three we've always been making and we'll outsource two. Right. You know, it's not that that's a bad idea, but they outsource to these cheaper studios. They're trying to save money. And almost all those studios have pulled it back now. Mm -hmm. So now you've got Square, like, cutting ties with some studios and pulling development internal. Capcom, in their most recent thing, they were saying, we need to develop more internal. Yep. So they're taking stuff internal. Sega saying the same thing. We need to stop outsourcing all of our games and start building stuff in-house mm -hmm. with our own quality control. I, like, it's all there. So it's they all had to go through that phase of, hey, let's save some money. Oh, all these people made crappy versions of our properties <laughs> and they all lost value. Oh, now let's go back. I think, And I think that that's what's happening. I mean, they probably saw some preliminary gameplay, some screenshots, something and they're like you know the mechanics that you're working with the things that you're doing this is not up to our high standard of quality so you're fired essentially and we'll take it back well there was also a uh, an interview in Famitsu which is a really big magazine in Japan back in December of 2015 where apparently someone complained about one of the trailers that CyberConnect 2 did for the Final Fantasy 7 remake and they wanted it quote-unquote done in a more square enix style yeah so yeah i guess basically they were making the game they wanted to make and square enix was like this is not good so the the the, the bright side to that is somebody at square enix or squeenix for short squeenix. <laughs> somebody at squeenix said whoa, whoa, whoa wait, wait this is a big deal mm -hmm. this is our number one property we cannot screw this up well right and especially in this day and age where it's all about profits and squeezing product out and just getting people to buy your stupid crap for as cheap as possible. <clears throat> they're choosing not to do that because as we found out with mass effect, video games are very much a, what have you done for me lately? Right. Industry. It doesn't matter how good mass effect one, two and three are. If you crap the bed on mass effect four, mm -hmm. they don't, they don't go, well, you know what? It's okay because the first three were so darn good. Right. They say it's worse because the first three were so good. It's funny, though, because when I think back to my time playing Uncharted, you know, I started with Uncharted 1, yep. and I played all the way through, and I didn't have an experience like that with, like, how people had that experience with Mass Effect, because every game that Naughty Dog did in the Uncharted franchise got better each time. So, like, there were yeah. little tweaks along the way. Even the fourth one, which... You could argue the original trilogy you might hit your peak, uh -huh. but the fourth one was the best one they've ever done. It, it yes, just blew it away. Exactly. It was so well done, and I can't even imagine how people felt. Like, if I would have played the last one of Uncharted, and it was not even remotely as good in terms of storyline, character development, gameplay, voice acting... 
as the first one, like if it reverted back. And I'm not saying that the first one was bad. It just kept getting better. So when you compared the first and the fourth, it was like... It is. And yeah, like you said, the first one wasn't bad, but no. it is a little tough to go back and play now after playing the other ones. Like if right. you tried to replay through them again, I don't think you'd get all the way through the first one. It just is missing something. Mm-hmm. But I mean, so I'm thinking of like, how would I feel if something like that happened to Uncharted? Like, let's say they came out with a fifth one, even though, you know, the, oh, the franchise is done, blah, blah, blah. And I'm okay with that because it ended so well. Like it was the best storyline that they could have probably done but if they would have left it open for whatever reason and then made a game and that game was like andromeda or what i've seen of andromeda i would be really po'd well square will lose a lot of fans if that game comes out and it is not and and you're they've only themselves to blame because they made a great game but then they never gave a... They, they teased... When the PS3 was going to launch, they actually made a trailer. They took the original Final Fantasy VII trailer and redid it, what it would look like on the PS3. Oh. So they planted the seed in all of us that said, oh my God, a Final Fantasy VII remake would be amazing because it came out on the PS1. It's a great story, but the PS1 was limited on what it could do graphically, right. obviously. Mm-hmm. What, what I struggle with then is they have to make a good product or us customers will be extremely disappointed Mm -hmm. and again their fault but now you toy with us you say it's coming out and now you're dinking around with it again it's just it's worrisome and now the ceo of square enix yosuke matsuda says that it's not even gonna be expected within the next three years right so on this conference call or whatever with investors they're like well uh expect this game in the next three years or so (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so now we all thought that the first episode might come out last year, which I didn't really believe, but was hoping. Now we may see it come out in the next couple of years just for the first part. But again, change development studios. If it's not in the right path, they have to rework the whole thing. They might have just lost the two years that mm-hmm. they've been working on. Well, right. So do you think, knowing what you know of video game development and your own kind of gut feeling, do you think they're going to be doing this episodic sort of treatment? Or do you think they're going to create one game and not do the three pushes like was originally talked about that's hard to say because if it depends how much of development they have to scrap True. if, if they have to, if they look at the whole project and it's and it's hot garbage then they <laughs> then if it's a dumpster fire then they need to start from scratch they might change it and they might say you know what episodically we don't need to do that we can just do everything up front we've already got everything planned out we just need to create the assets or a lot of the assets are probably created because i don't think they screwed up like 3d models and stuff so if a lot of the art assets are fine and they just have to kind of go through and we work rework things then i don't think they have to so it depends i think they're going to scrap the whole concept and start over which is why they're saying three years or so and i think we will get the whole game at once that's what I think. And we haven't even touched on the fact that Kingdom Hearts is included on that as well. That's what I was going to say. So then as as we're here on the ground after our sucker punch <laughs> to our, you know, Final Fantasy VII hearts, then all of a sudden they come by and they kick you right in the Kingdom Hearts 3. But I think, quite honestly, I think more people are willing to wait for Kingdom Hearts. Re- or not remake, but a, a, another Kingdom Hearts game just because I think those are well worth the wait. I mean, I've only played the first one, but I thought that game was beautiful and brilliantly done and very, very good. Well, we've been waiting a long time already. I think part of my problem is their lack of communication on the subject because it doesn't take, it should not take more than three years to make Kingdom Hearts 3. It just doesn't take that long. If you focus on development, it can come out. Here's what I'm wondering. And I know this sounds... Here, Get my tinfoil hat out. Put it <laughs> out. But we've seen for PS3, we saw them remake Kingdom Hearts 1 and Kingdom Hearts 2. Then they made Kingdom Hearts 2.8 for PS4, which included all the Kingdom Hearts games up to that point. Okay. So I'm starting to think, well, are they pushing back the release because they're making a bunch of money off the old games? That could be well, it. Why, why release three when you can release remakes of one and two and all of the ones that came out before? So now that they've exhausted all those options, now they're probably going to begin full development of three. But and, and Kingdom Hearts is never a game that's going to 
fade away. Like it's going to be in everyone's minds forever because it was a really t- memorable experience. So it's not like you, even if you left Kingdom Hearts for five years and came back, you're still going to be able to remember what it is and it's going to be fresh. It's going to have fresh legs. It doesn't need to be like, you don't need to remind us. It's like Final Fantasy. You don't need to remind us that it exists. Mm-hmm. You just keep releasing it. But I, I feel like they're still milking the earlier Kingdom Hearts and they had to make their money doing that. Now they can wrap around and, and well, finish three. I mean, I, I agree. I think they may be making a lot of money on the the ports and, and making it, you know, for PlayStation, for newer versions of the PlayStation. I'm looking at the Wikipedia article for Kingdom Hearts and it says that, you know, in an interview in September of 2010... Uh, Tetsuya Nomura stated that his team was too busy with other projects such as Final Fantasy XV, also known as Final Fantasy Versus yeah. Eight, to work on Kingdom Hearts Three. And he was doing research on, you know, doing some high definition graphics, depending on the technical requirements of newer consoles. And in 2013, there was some te- There was a teaser. For Kingdom Hearts 3 that said that it was in development for the PlayStation 4. Right. In 2013. Yeah. So you said no, Tetsuya Nomura is heading up Kingdom Hearts 3? Uh, that was in an interview. It said that his team was too busy. I don't know if he's actually oh, okay. doing it. Because Nomura is who's doing the Final Fantasy 7 remake. So if he's if he was supposed to be in charge of both, how like maybe he wasn't going to be in charge of the 7 remake. He was working on Kingdom Hearts 3. Then the other studio craps the bed, and he has to pick up that studio now too. So are both games? Is that why both games are getting delayed? Because essentially his team is working on both games now. Well, I thought he was the one. Oh, I closed that other article. Give me a second here. That's what it sounds like to me, though. It sounds like he's he, they're going to bring him in to fix Final Fantasy VII, but he's right now deep into develop. Well, deep. Ugh. I mean, I guess somewhere in development of Kingdom Hearts three. So then that might be why both games are going to take three years because now he's essentially doing... He's doing two Cause, games. Because why would they connect the both otherwise? Why why on the conference call oh, would they true. say Final Fantasy VII Remake and Kingdom Hearts are delayed three years or so? Unless... They, I mean, how would you know that if not the same team was working on them? No, that's a good point. I, I actually made a mistake. When I read this article initially, I thought that the statement said that Final Fantasy VII... Oops. Final Fantasy VII is being headed up by Tetsuya Nomura. I thought it said being held up by Tetsuya Nomura. Oh. So I was like, oh, I don't... Uh, and then I had to open that <laughs> article again. But you're right, yes. So Final Fantasy VII is being headed up by Tetsuya Nomura. And it sounds like he's also in charge of Kingdom the Hearts Kingdom 3. Hearts 3. I mean, that's a lot for one team. I, now, I don't know how many people are on his team, but... F- speaking from experience for working working on multiple high priority projects you can't <laughs> you got you have to fish or cut bait you can't work on every high yes. priority high priority thing at one time you have to pick one work on it to a point where you can either stop or have somebody take it the rest of the way but you cannot split your time. You're going to sacrifice quality because you're trying to pull yourself into two different directions. Right. You'd want to focus. Yes. And like lock down. Like you want one of these to be your project. And if you're bouncing back and forth, how do you do that? So depending on how many people are on his team, theoretically, he could split his team and have one team be the Final Fantasy team, one other part of the team be the Kingdom Hearts 3 team. But even like I don't know what he does in his capacity as being the head of right. that development if he has to approve all the every decision or, or what or if he can delegate it all depends on that but if he's able to delegate in the right way and get the right people working on things then it's doable it's just a lot to take on because a lot of people are going to be playing this and reviewing it and so there's a lot of pressure right yeah it's Well, here's something else to think about. We have, this year will be the four-year anniversary of the PS4 already. Already? So if you're talking, if you're talking, so November, if you're talking that this game will be out in three years or so, we're going on year seven or eight for the PS4 by the time those games come out. Mm -hmm. So that means that by that time, there should already be a PlayStation in development, if not already launched at that point. Because it was, it was 2006 to twenty. 
13 was the PS3, so seven years. Okay. So seven years, you know, from the launch of that would be around three. So is it going to come out on PS4 still, or are they going to push it to whatever's later? I just don't understand why they have to come out with with the system already. You know, it just feels like the PlayStation 4 is still so new. And plus, when did the PlayStation 4 Plus come out? Well, the, yeah, the Pro came out last year, or and that's that's Pro. a good that, that's a good point because they can kind of do this 2.5 system where mm-hmm. it's just got more power. That is kind of a game changer in the sense that if they can get people to adopt that, they don't have to necessarily have to launch a new system. But they might have to because if they all of a sudden start making games, if all the newer games don't work on old PS4s, only newer PS4s, that starts to get really confusing for customers and they start to get irritated by that and that'll cut into your sales. So just another thing to think about when it comes to that. I just feel like having a system come out so... Having a new system come out so frequently, to me, just doesn't make sense. Seven or eight years isn't that frequently, though. If you really think about like, think of the trends that change and think of all the technology that changes in seven or eight years. I actually think like a, a seven or eight year console life is pretty good, in my opinion. I just like I, I just don't like the fact that, you know, if you want to keep current with some franchises, you have to keep buying new consoles. Right. And and. I don't have a problem with upgrading. I actually like new consoles because they, a lot of the times there's only so much you can do with what you have. And so there comes a point where all the things you want to do, you can't do. Sony did really good this generation. They got streaming. They got all the Facebook integration. All the menus are fast. Like it's still a very strong machine. Even now it's still playing everything fine that PCs can run for the most part, as long as it's tweaked for the PS4 settings. Mm -hmm. Think about this. The PS2 came out in 2000. And the PS3 came out in 2006. That was only six years in between. The Xbox, the original Xbox came out in 2001. The 360 came out in 2005. That was four years apart for a new system there. And then the Wii came out in 06. The Wii U came out in 2012. So that was six years. But now look at 2012 from the Wii U. And the Switch in 2017. That's five years. Like it's very, and technically it's four and a half because the Wii U launched 26, like 2012 november oh sure and so practically 2013 practically 2013 to 2017 so barely four years in between the wii u and the switch i don't know i just like i mean you have to understand something about me is that i so like i was still playing a gamecube (laughs) like five years ago i was still playing a gamecube i had a playstation 2 up until when i bought my playstation 4 I don't, I like playing the same console. I I mean, when I was a kid, we had like a Nintendo Entertainment System and then a Super Nintendo. But, you know, I don't know how long it was between those consoles. And I think we had a Nintendo 64. But I mean, it's just, I don't know. I think what really frustrates me as a consumer is that as soon as that new console comes out, all games for my old console, any new games stop because then everything's made for the new console. Right. They have to kind of transfer their resources to the new system. But what would be really nice now that Sony with the PS4, especially the way they designed it was now it's a much more traditional processor archetype. Like the way the system's built is much more like a PC. So if they do a new version of like, say they do the PS5, they should be able to make it very similarly architecture wise to a PS4. So it should be able to play all the games from a PS4. But don't you think it would make more sense and save money if you just sold, instead of a brand new machine, you sold updates? Maybe. Hardware, that kind of thing? Back in the day with the Neo Geo systems, the cartridges were like this big. It looked like a VHS tape almost. Sure. Because they built half the hardware into the cartridges to run it. But then the cartridges were, you know, way more expensive than a game would be. Obviously, that's not quite what you're saying. But I don't know if that'd be better or worse. Would you like it that every other year you had to buy a $100 piece of equipment? I mean, I guess it's the same thing. It's like my computer. Every couple of years, I buy a new video card to upgrade it so that it still is the best one on the market. I guess that's kind of where I'm going with this. It's like I buy, like I have a MacBook. I've used this MacBook for about five, five years. Mm-hmm. I get my macbook updates when an update comes out and i update to a new or upgrade to a new platform or a new operating system i don't have to pay for that i already bought the machine 
Right, but software updates are really different from hardware, though. Like, because you'll you'll admit on your MacBook using that example that it's been chugging lately. It has. Like, if you bought a new MacBook, it would just just it would go so fast. It would do everything so much faster. (laughs) Um, but it's still able to do what you want it to do. Mm -hmm. Just imagine if all of a sudden the next version of Photoshop came out and said we only support Mac OS, whatever and higher, because the old ones can't run it right but again that's different because usually you can upgrade but then you try to upgrade your mac os and it says oh your computer doesn't have you know eight core processing so you can only go up to snow leopard or whatever the mm-hmm. mac os versions are so but it's interesting so you take a look at all that sort of stuff and and you hate delays but usually delays are a good thing because they're pushing a game to be better Right. And at least they recognize that it was kind of a turd and then they decide to turn it around. And a lot of it is also, you know, covering their own their own investment into right. that game. Because like you said, you don't if they found that what they were seeing was not up to their standards, good for them for realizing mm-hmm. it now as opposed to right before launch and people get early copies or beta tests and and they're like, this is yeah, a early, and turd. It, and early impressions are bad because yes. you can't ever, what was it? You get one chance to make a first impression. Yep. That's it. And yep. once once it's out there, it's over. Yeah. So well done, Square Enix. Yeah. Good on you for pulling it back and not pulling a Andromeda. Yeah, don't. <laughs> uh, well, thank you, everybody, for listening. That's our episode on this uh, beautiful Monday Memorial Day. Everyone take some time again to appreciate your loved ones. Thank a veteran. Yeah. Thank a veteran. Shake their hand, especially an older gentleman, you know, by a, by a, is it a poppy? Buy a poppy. Buy a poppy. Mm-hmm. Um, support your local uh, legions and stuff like that. There's some really good stuff you can do to help out. Uh, as always, you can follow me on Twitter at Game Trade Greg. That's Greg with two G's at the end. That's also Twitter for me at Game Talk Gen. And one can, N. And one N. And you can tweet us questions. And if you want to be part of the show, just ask us anything. We'd love to answer it. Uh, we'd love some fan interaction. Otherwise, we appreciate everyone is always listening. And you all have a great day. Bye. 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 Bye.